Hi, and thank you for joining Influencers Cafe. This is Nico, your host. Today, I'm with a friend, Beckett Cook from LA. How's it going today, buddy? It's going well, Nico. Nice to be with you. Yeah, nice, nice to, to hear from you again. So, I, I met Beckett when I went to the Hollywood for um. I just was in America touring around and I decided, hey, let's go to Hollywood. And I didn't know anybody there at all. So I'm in Hollywood and uh, I googled this uh, just for a church in Hollywood because that's like something common that I'm used to. And uh, I found this thing called uh, Reality Church Hollywood or something? Yeah, Reality LA. Yeah. And then uh, I searched for... um, I can't remember what I searched for, actually. Somehow... I got introduced to to, to you and um, Dimitris and uh, Paul Berbato, and uh, I ended up meeting you for coffee at uh, Blue Bottle Coffee, was it right? Exactly right, Blue Bottle. Blue Bottle, yeah. And that's on Hollywood Beverly Boulevard, I think. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was looking at Google Maps before. <laughs> There's no way I would remember all that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm just, uh, you know, um, just dealing with a lot of uh, stuff from my book that just came out, and and um, I'm, you know, I'm having to kind of mail some books out and and do uh, some stuff with that. So, and also just kind of, I'm dealing with uh, getting some speaking events going on. So. I'm doing that too, um, just kind of confirming some speaking events. So Becca has a book called uh, Change of Affection, I believe. Right. And that's a journey from a lifestyle to God's lifestyle. Yes. it's a, The subtitle of the book is um, The Incredible Story. Wait, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know the subtitle of my own book. <laughs> it's a gay... Wait. It's a gay, it's, the subtitle is A Gay Man's Incredible Story of Redemption. Okay. Well, we all have a story that's uh, a redeeming story. Um, whoever's gone through that born-again experience, I can yes. remember my own. It was uh, one day I was one way, and the next day I was something something different. It was like everything was fresh again. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing Yeah, with me. One day I was you know, a gay atheist, and the next day I was a celibate Christian, born-again Christian. Yeah, one day um, I was an angry gamer, and one day I was a born-again Christian, so... Yeah, it's amazing what the gospel can do. Yeah, and, and, the, and the gospel is, is tailored for everyone. Anyone can receive that message and receive that relationship with God. It doesn't matter what your background is or whatever. Still... Even Kanye. I mean, by the way, I mean Kanye's album is his album is so great. Um, I've been listening to it ever since it dropped on Friday. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it, but have you have you heard it? Jesus is King. No, I haven't. No. Oh, it's his new. He so Kanye became a Christian. He became born again like um, six or seven months ago. And or maybe a little bit longer, maybe eight months ago, and um, he did this gospel album, and it's it's all it's like a Christian, kind of a Christian rap album, and it's really 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 good. 
And he, I mean, you can tell from, from his songs and from the lyrics and just from the interviews I've seen of him, you can tell that it's like he's had a genuine conversion to Christianity. So he was a, a pop star or something, a rapper? Yeah, Kanye West, yeah. Okay. He's married to Kim, Kim Kardashian, you know. <laughs> he's only the most famous uh, rapper that we're like hip-hop artist in the world. Um, you yeah, know that, I, I just don't really follow the celebrity culture that much, but I'm, but I'm sure he must be very famous. Well, I don't I either, people... but it's like he's he's everywhere. I mean, you can't you can't avoid Kanye. <laughs> I, I spend too much time programming, mate. That's that's a problem. Oh, I see. I'm making these podcasts. <laughs> well, you should listen to the new album because, and the, what's interesting about the album is he titled it "Jesus is King," so everyone. In the millions and millions of people who are, you know, talking about his album, or even talk show hosts who have interviewed him, are saying the words "Jesus is King." Like Jimmy Kimmel, who's like a famous American talk show host, late night talk show host. He had Kanye on a couple weeks ago, and he said, you know, G he said, "Your new album is Jesus is King," and it's just hilarious that everyone <laughs> is having to utter those words. Jesus, it's, it reminds me of the verse in, in Philippians when, you know, uh, Paul says, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he's quoting from Isaiah, I think. And But um, it's like everyone's having to say Jesus is king. Yeah, I agree with that. It's pretty amazing. But didn't Justin Bieber have some experience recently? Yeah, well, Justin's, yeah, Justin's a, a Christian too. He's a definitely born again and he and so is his wife Haley I was just with his parents-in-law last night I was with uh, Stephen Baldwin and Kenya Baldwin that's Haley's parents okay um, we're good friends and so um, but yeah Justin is is a Christian um, and he's he he really in the last I guess year or so has really re um, Kind of committed himself to his faith, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and so he's very, very. And I think, I think he's going to be putting out. He's been singing, you know, some some God. Like he, he sang at a church in L.A. Um, and uh, during the service, he sang a couple of uh, uh, worship songs. So and it, and it was recorded. You can look it up online. But um, I think he's going to be putting out a, like a Christian, you know, worship album as well. So uh, basically, everyone's becoming Christian. Is the, is, the, is the point of the story? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm sure people <laughs> like like that. I forgot his name again. That, that other famous guy and Justin Bieber, Kanye. Your, yeah, yeah, and yourself. You could offer it. These guys can offer advice on on on. Uh, average Christians on how to live in this world because they must be it must be hard to be a Christian and be so famous right I mean how do you deal yeah, with that right? I mean I, yeah that, I think that's what's you know with Justin Bieber and, and Kanye well Kanye you know he's a new Christian and I've been praying for him because it's just like so many there's so many articles about him and so many interviews and all this stuff and it's like this guy just needs time to just you know grow in his faith and, and get really, but he's me. I think he's meeting with, um, you know, a pastor every week and a really solid pastor in LA. He's yeah. meeting with him once a week and getting, you know, really kind of grounded in the word and, and theology. And so I think he's, he's becoming very solid, but, um, 
yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, Kanye. The reason Kanye is such a I've never I had never listened to any of his music before. Um, I wasn't a fan of his, and and then I heard about him coming to Christ, uh, you know, several months ago, and then I listened to his album when it came out, and I was just like smiling, you know, all weekend because he has such a powerful influence over the culture, especially American culture, and I just feel like his conversion to Christianity could just really spark a revival because, I mean, there's so many people who listen to him and respect him and look up to him and young people and, and um, at the very least, it'll just pique people's curiosity about, okay, what is this all about? This And he's been doing these things called Sunday service. I don't know if you've heard of this, but he, he basically has these kind of church events and they're free. They're, they're in LA. Most of them are in LA and they're in these giant stadiums and um, you just go and there's like worship music for three hours and then a pastor comes out. Um, it's a, a different pastor each time comes out and preaches the word for like 20 minutes. Um, it's a very short sermon, but um, but it's kind of amazing that this is happening and so many people are going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I it, I don't know. I feel I feel like this could kind of spark some sort of revival in Christianity. Yeah, that's I'm all for that. Yeah. Nice. So one one thing that uh, interests me is that ordinary people like myself, we're often we're striving for the for like wealth and fame. So we never really actually get to that point where we experience it. But what I'm hearing is a lot, is a lot of celebrities. That, well, some of them, um, for example, uh, Warren, who I interviewed, who used to be Ace in the Gladiators, he says it's something that when he got more and more of this you know, celebrity lifestyle, something called the paradox of pleasure, or it's called, um, what was it you call it? <clears throat> the law of diminishing returns. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you felt that because you, you reached a point in your career where you were at that pinnacle, you were going to the Oscars, you were going to these events, but you say, you, you said that after time, you enjoyed it less and less. Is that, is that how, how it turned out? Yeah, I, yeah. I, and I've lived in Hollywood since 1993, um, so I've been here for a long time. And I, yeah, I, I went to all the the Emmys, the Oscars, the Golden Globes, all the shows, and all the premiere movie premieres, and and I um, went to Fashion Week in New York and Paris. And and um, I, it's funny because I was actually at Fashion Week in 2009, that's when I had that turning point of the, the law of diminishing returns. I was at, in Paris at Fashion Week, March of 2009, and Kanye was there at the same time. I, he, I saw him at a lot of the shows. So it's just funny that it's like it all comes full circle because <laughs> I became a Christian and then he became a Christian. Um, but but yeah, I after years and years of of having you know all this kind of this pleasure and these fun, these fun experiences and meeting everyone, being you know knowing everyone, being friends with a lot of people, and having a lot of you know I had a lot of 
relationships with guys over the years. I had five serious boyfriends. And then, you know, at a certain, and then March of 2009 is when I really had this moment of, it was in Paris, and I just felt like, is that all there is? You know, is that all there is to life? Like, am I just going to keep going to these parties and keep, you know, hanging out with these people, like, for the rest of my life? Like, this isn't going to do it. And so that's when I had that kind of moment in my life. And, and then six months later, I had that very uh, crucial moment where I met those people at a coffee shop who were Christians and they invited me to their church in mm -hmm. LA and Hollywood and, and I went. Yeah, I remember talking to you in the Blue Bottle Coffee 2016 and I was so surprised and, and refreshed by your, your testimony about how, yeah, I was, at this, I was at the peak of my career and I just felt like I was missing something. Or was it you felt empty inside, right? Yeah, yeah, I just felt, not that I was, yeah, I just felt like, you know, what is the meaning of life? You know, I've, I've been doing all this stuff, and I'm, I've been a successful production designer, and, you know, I've done a lot of commercial acting and all this stuff, and, like, and I've, you know, done writing, but what, like, this is not fulfilling me, and, you know, it's kind of fun for a minute, but it, Ultimately, it's not fulfilling me, and so uh, I just felt like I, you know, I wanted to know where I came from, what I'm doing here, and where I'm going. It's <laughs> what we all really want to know, and and you know, God, God showed me that that uh, six months after the Paris moment, like God showed me who I was. He showed me that I, you know He adopted me into his kingdom and he showed me that I was his child now and it was the most incredible moment of my life yeah so you went you went after you talked to the people reading their bible in the coffee shop in some whereabouts in Hollywood was it you met them it was in Silver Lake Silver Lake yeah it's East Hollywood I think yeah it's like kind of the hipstery part of LA yeah and then you went to to the reality church and, and Tim Chaddock's church there yes and then, um, ah, that's how I got in touch you. I, I contacted the reality church and then Tim or somebody replied to me and point, pointed me towards you. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, all the Tim, people. Has a, <laughs> Tim has a church now in London called Rea Reality Church London. Yeah, I, I visited once and yeah, I went to, to check it out. Oh, nice. Yeah. I still haven't been, which is a shame. Um, but yeah. So... You went to, to reality church in Hollywood. You went and you, you prayed and you had a big experience. You were crying for like an hour. And yeah, I, I mean, I, Tim Chaddock preached on Romans chapter, chapter 7. And during the sermon, I mean, I was an atheist when I walked into that church. Yeah. I, was a, I was a self-proclaimed atheist and I was gay and whatever. And I just walked into this church uh, and... Tim, you know, preached, and then as he was preaching, you know, I just started, everything he was saying, the gospel, well, he was preaching the gospel, and everything he was saying was just resonating as truth in my mind and my heart, and I didn't know why. I was like, what? This is crazy, but everything he's saying is true, and I don't know why. And so that's when, you know, he after he finished preaching, someone prayed with me, and then that's when I just, like, Start. God revealed Himself to me in that moment, and the Holy Spirit just overwhelmed me, and I just, Man. I just started crying for, 
30, like the rest of the service for 30 minutes, I was bawling and bawling and bawling. And um, it was this, and I, and I just knew, I just, I knew who God was. I knew who Jesus was. I knew that heaven was real. Hell was real. The Bible was true. And I just knew in a split second, it was like Paul on the road to Damascus. It was that kind of a moment. And, and I, um, and that's when I became a Christian and it was like the most amazing moment of my life. And it was like, Whoa, like now I, it was like the curtains parted and I could finally see the meaning of life. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And, and God's, um, that was 10 years ago. And it's, it's been like the most amazing ride since. Like I, I have had the best, even, even, you know, it's been, you know, it hasn't been easy all the time, but it's just like knowing God and having a relationship with him and knowing Jesus is like the best thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else compares to it. It's like, it's the best thing in the world. So refreshing to hear these, these, these uh, experiences and testimonies, you know, it's like, I sometimes feel a little bit dry living in London, just software engineering all the time. And and um, I just I want I want to kind of redig these roots of where I came from, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it does. You know, it does get. Sometimes it does feel like we're kind of in the wilderness and it's a dry season. But um, you know, that's when God is like, He wants to take us deeper into into Him, and and that's what. And I'm kind of in that moment right now, just like where it's. Um, I feel like it's that season where God's just taking me deeper into a relationship with him and where I'm seeking him for himself and not just for the spiritual pleasure he gives me, mm-hmm. but just like I'm seeking God for who he is. So so when you say seek God, what? how do you seek him? Um, through, re, you know, through reading his word and through prayer. So, you know, I spend time in prayer every day and just... Uh, even if I don't feel like praying, I just, you know, sometimes I'll just sit there and I'll just say, you know, God, I'm here and I'm, I just want to sit with you and I just want to be in your presence. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, yeah, that's how I kind of, that's how I seek him. Mm -hmm. I I have um, Netflix, I have Amazon Prime, I do a lot of stuff on YouTube. Sometimes I find it hard to just take that time. You know, that's, it's a struggle I have. Yeah, I know that like there's so much especially now with social media and everything there's so much to distract us and to keep us away from spending time with God. And you know, the spiritual disciplines are are so important because um you know, our the ancient uh the you know, Christians in antiquity, they really practiced these spiritual disciplines. You know, they like and even the Puritans did as well. It's like they they took it seriously. They fasted. They prayed. They read the Bible. They, you know, um, all the spiritual disciplines they really practiced, and and it's so important. Not not in a legalistic way, but it's important in 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 just in terms of because we're in a relationship now. We're in a relationship with the King of the Universe, and it's like if you had a, a wife or, or or a husband, if you don't spend time with them, if you don't. Do if you don't hang out with them and spend quality time, then you're going to feel there's going to be a breakdown in the relationship. So mm. that's why it's so important to just keep that keep that going. And I mean, there's so many times where I'll just 
be in my car and I'll or I'll be driving in LA and I'll just turn I'll just listen to audio bible and I'll just go through a few kind of new testament letters like you know I'll listen to Romans and Ephesians and Hebrews and um and after I do that I just feel so revived re, uh, just renewed and refreshed yeah and it's such a powerful cuz God's word is so powerful and so I try to I really try to make it a habit of just being in his word every day. I mean, even today I just like read Psalm 91 out loud in my apartment <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> just because it's, it's so powerful. And, um, and I just, yeah, I just, I think that's so important. To, Psalm 91, to is that when it says, in your presence is fullness of joy? Yes. I, I don't know the, where that verse is, but yeah. It's in the Bible. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> it's in the Bible for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is. It's it's just a matter of um, making the time, you know, and and turning off the Amazon Prime and turning off the Netflix. I mean, Netflix and Amazon Prime. Uh, I get it. You know, it's. I always say this. Like, if you watch an hour of, of Netflix, you need to read the Bible for an hour because you've just been lied to for an hour, and now you need the truth. What if you watch and, it for four hours? <laughs> well, then you need to read the Bible for four hours. Oh um, dear. I know because you can get kind of caught up in the in the world and you get you get very I find myself just like when when I watch Netflix for a long time or or Amazon Prime it's just like you get kind of caught up in even watching The Crown it's funny because I I The Crown I think it's coming out today um the new season but even watching that there's kind of moments where I find myself almost um coveting things kind of coveting like you know the world uh-huh. and and it's almost it has this weird effect on me so i really have to consider you know should i be watching this and if i do watch it then i need to really <laughs> i really need to like go back to the word of god because this is like it's making me covetous it's making me covetous so you what, know? what does and, covet the world mean it like covet the world in terms of you know want you know money and luxury and and kind of a, like this this like super fancy life i don't know like that kind of coveting mm-hmm. um it it ha- it sometimes has that effect on me and so i I, i'm aware of that and then i you know i'm like i have to go back to the word of god and be like okay <laughs> Okay, God. So is, is that, Remind me of what it is to be a Christian, a follower of Christ. So is is that coveting like you're wanting, you know, a lot of people they want to have a house, they want to have a car, they want to have, um, they want to just have like stability. Is that is that coveting? No, I mean it's just like I, you know, wanting Buckingham Palace is coveting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's where he starts getting covetous, or Windsor Palace, like yeah. Windsor Castle, you know. Um, yeah, I think sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. I, I covet trainers. I have yeah, far too many trainers. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, then of course, do you covet Yeezy? Like Kanye West, his brand Yeezy, his trainers are are really amazing, but they're like you know a thousand dollars or something. I don't know. Oh. Um, but I covet those a lot too. I saw, I saw, I was somewhere last night, and someone had a pair on. And I was like, oh, I just want those. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's it's uh, and also when you're watching these shows on you on on uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime, you know, ninety nine percent of them, ninety nine point nine percent of them are written from. They're all written and directed and produced from a secular, humanistic worldview mm-hmm. in Hollywood. And I, I know a lot of the people who are making these shows. And um, and so you're not getting a biblical... You're never getting a biblical worldview. Um, you're rarely getting that. And so that's that's the danger of it because you start to kind of slowly be indoctrinated into this kind of secular, humanistic worldview and and that can kind of pull you away from from God, and that's why it's important to you know either turn it off or just balance it with reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. And social think... media is like such a distraction. I mean, like looking at Instagram and Twitter and all that. It's like if we instead of looking at Instagram and Twitter and um, Facebook. Like, if if instead all day, we, every time we did that, instead we just clicked on a Bible verse and read that instead. Just think how much more we would just be built up in Christ, like built up in the Word, and just kind of built up in general as a Christian. It yeah. would just be so much more edifying to us than than reading kind of Facebook posts. <laughs> so it's so refreshing, man, to hear that and really inspirational. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to do though. I mean, it's. I mean, I, I'm not saying I, it's easy because it's hard for. I mean, I look at it. I look at social media too, and so it's hard. It's, you know, it's but very I, hard to say that you're going against the grain of society nowadays. You know, if you start saying things like that. Yeah, but it's like Satan's masterpiece. I mean, Satan's masterpiece is is uh, is social media because it's distracting everyone from from what's important. You know, from God. And it's just such a huge distraction. And the fact that we have like, you know, 500 different channels of, you know, entertainment all day long mm-hmm. uh, is is a huge distraction. I was actually thinking about uh, the content provided now. I think b- back in the day, we only had five channels, for, you know, in the UK. You could literally watch every film, every series, you know, and, and but now... Nowadays, you could be continually watching new content and and never have watched it twice, right? <laughs> I know it's uh, I know. And it's... you'd find it all really, really good quality con- quality as in you know commas quality, but uh, it would be like high production uh, values value, you know. And you'd never yeah. watch the same thing twice. I know it's it's pretty remarkable how much there is to entertain us. It's like we it's like as it's almost like we as a society are so kind of empty and have or there's such a void that we just need to be constantly entertained and like we can't have a moment of of downtime of just just kind of a moment just to sit and think and mm-hmm sit and just ponder things we you know we constantly need to be entertained and looking at our instagram looking at our twitter looking at it's like no just like (laughs) it's like turn it off turn it all off 
I had, I had things were a bit more simple when when I had the born again experience. I used to have I had an Xbox before anybody else had it, and all my mates used to come up to mines and play play Halo pretty much. And uh, one day, I, I, I when I became it when I became I got born again, I just, I sold it all, I sold it all fifty pounds, and uh, one of my friends was I mean I, I spent like six hundred pounds on all this stuff, and one of my friends was just couldn't believe what I was saying, you know, because. Uh, that that day became a Christian, you know, had that filled with the spirit. I was shaking, you know, um, I was afraid because it was like just God came inside, and I felt all this power, like, mm-hmm. and I felt mm-hmm. like it was just too much power to, to handle. And uh, eventually, I, I went to um, church, and uh, you know, the pastor there settled me down a little bit and t- taught me about you know how not to be afraid of God and stuff like that. Um, but my, my, that same friend, a few weeks months later, he goes. What happened to you? All you've all you do now is you've got your you've got a bed and a Bible. <laughs> I know that's how I was too. Like after I I got saved, I mean for like two or three years, like all I could do is I only could read the Bible or listen to sermons or listen to Christian worship music. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't watch. Like I I physically couldn't watch. Like it it would make me um it would make me cringe to yeah. watch like a secular movie or to watch it or listen to even just like a random set, like regular secular song. Yeah. I couldn't even do it. It would just like hurt my ears. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, I remember that too. It just like, it was, I was so kind of filled with the Holy spirit that like anything of the world was just like, it was like kryptonite. <laughs> I was just like, no, get away. Um, but yeah, I, but now, you know, now it's like, it's, it's become less like that. So it's harder to, you know, so I have, you know, I do watch stuff like regular TV, you know, Netflix shows. Um, See, that, uh, that, that for me, it's like, it reminds me, like it worries myself, like, cause I used, things like that used to bother me, but now they don't bother it as much. So maybe it's the problems of me. Maybe I've become hard. Yeah, I mean, I know. I think, um, I think it's a common experience for for when you're born again to have that kind of detox period where everything in the world you're just you just can't you can't even handle anything in the world. You only can handle. You only want God. You only want His Word. And and um, yeah, it's hard to keep that. It's almost like over time it sort of fades away a little bit and it's hard to keep it to keep it at that kind of pace or at that level and um yeah i mean i think psalm 1 he says it all um i have to look it up now but it's you know uh what is psalm 1 blessed is the man that's psalm 119 Dash, yeah, I blessed is the man. Now. You're right. It's blessed is um, the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Counsel of the wicked. Yeah, who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor yeah. sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And this is the key verse. And he meditates on his law day and night. That's it. Right. Meditates. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I think. Um, I think you know to really because what's the point of this and the point if you read the rest of the psalm it says um, 
it's basically to bear fruit. So he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and his leaf does not wither. And so, um, yeah, I think that's the the point. Is like the more we're in prayer, the more we're in God's word, and we meditate on His word, the more fruit we will bear for the kingdom of God. The more, the more kind of we'll have the more peace we'll have the more the more joy we'll have the more um all of those things um so i think yeah you know and i it's 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 a struggle every day to really do that and to really spend that you know spend <laughs> meditate on god's word day and night um, i think it's important that people are accountable to each other you know like to check on you know mm-hmm. brothers and sisters and, and christ to make sure that they're, you know, but nowadays that doesn't happen. People are just like, you know, they're just not accountable to each other. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's why it's important to not only to go to a church service on Sunday, but also to to you know have stuff during the week that where you meet up with other believers and you you know you you read the Word of God together, you pray or yeah. Um, I want to start this this prayer. I want to start this meeting. I had community group or like a kind of a Bible study in my my apartment for the last you know eight years. But um, I want to start doing this thing. I, someone told me about this, and I want to start just next year in 2020, once a week gathering together with you know some believers from my church, and. We go around the room and uh, like we pick a we pick a letter from the Bible or we pick a um, a book from the Bible each week, and we go around the room and we eat, you know we all read through the Bible or read through that that letter. So if we for example Re- the book of Revelation, we go through and each person reads a chapter and we read it all the way through, and then we just pray, and that's all we do is just read the word and pray, and. Um, I don't even like because I don't even want there to be a discussion necessarily because then it, it that can go off into like so many different ways and different things and so I that's what I want to do in 2020 is, is start this Bible study not even a Bible study but just start this thing where we just read the Word of God and then pray. Sounds good, man. If I'm with Delhi, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah, I even bring coffee, coffee beans or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I drink coffee that at, at night, I'll I will never sleep. I really but, am sensitive to coffee. You know, at night time, no, you know, or tea. Tea is even worse. Yeah, me too. Wow, really, really refreshing to to hear that. And to hear that passage in in the first Psalms. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water, whose leaf does not. Uh, Fade and see. I need to start reading reading Bible more, man. Um, In all that he does, he prospers. Mm-hmm. Um, the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Um, yeah. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The way of the wicked, yeah. What what version of the Bible do you read? I use the New King James Version because it's mm-hmm. it's very close to the Greek. 
Yeah. I can I can actually read ancient Greek and understand seven eighty percent of what what it's saying. Um, yeah, this... I can too. I have a I have a Greek New Testament, and I because I took Greek for three semesters in seminary, oh, fantastic. and so I can read. I can pretty much read. The you know, it's just I have to keep keep practicing every day. Yeah, I mean things like the New American Standard, the New King James Version, King James Version, uh, they're all very yeah. the words match very closely. A lot of sometimes exactly. the modern versions they they have to. Um, there is like copyright restrictions, you know. Unfortunately, um, yeah, the NASB is really good. Yeah, the very new, good. New American Standard is great. Yeah, Holman's quite good. Yeah. Um. But uh, I mean, I, I, sometimes I, I'm. I, I, but the, the New King James is fine because you know God can doesn't matter. You don't have to 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 read ancient Greek to be able to to read the Bible. Exactly. <laughs> God is still speaking through English or, exactly. or Arabic or Mandarin. I'm trying to learn Mandarin, so I'm I'm playing uh, the the Mandarin Bible like in headphones, like the same chapter again and again and again. Wow. How are you doing for uh, time today? I'm really enjoying this podcast. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, uh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing for time? It's no, like late. It's I'm late good. in London I'm good, man. right now. This is just normal for me. Uh, I've been. I've been. Uh, today's been a very lazy day for me, actually. Uh, I had a good uh, meeting in the morning. I was learning about uh, list, listing uh, how to list companies on the stock market, and uh, from an expert. And I'm going to have him in the podcast. And then I had a I had a friend over for for lunch, and he's a, a business mentor of mine and uh former lawyer and uh he's uh he might be coming the podcast at some point um and then today, oh, then i tried to do i was doing some youtube videos for my channel uh but then i got distracted and spent a lot of time watching twitch <laughs> that's 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 hilarious yeah no i i've i've never been i've never been a video game a game person i don't I don't even know what I've never had a Nintendo or Xbox or anything. Mm-hmm. It used to be my ambition just to like be in a room <laughs> with all the games consoles and all the games and just have that would be it. <laughs> that was my hope in life. And uh I used to be really I used to play games till like half three, four o'clock in the morning when I was like teenager. Like going up through 13, 14, 15, 16. And um, I used to go to bed when I hit, when I heard the birds outside. Uh, that's that's like, I was a warning sign, like, I need to go to bed now. And, that's uh, hilarious. It would totally mess up my, my day. I remember, <laughs> I remember like waking up in a very bad mood because, my you know, there was noise outside at half past 12 in the afternoon. I was like, I'm trying to sleep, you know. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, God, God delivered me from that. It was, it was, it was an addiction, really. It was like a, it was a power behind it, and I couldn't, I couldn't beat that by myself. And then, in one day, I had that experience where I gave up those things. I was no longer a slave to the computer games and other things. I had anger issues, um, and and for me, that's the evidence of like the God's God's power was broke something that I couldn't beat by myself. You know. You had your issues. I had my issues. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm just so, you know, like before I knew God, I had nowhere to really, I mean, I had relationships with people, but like in guys, but I, I really had nowhere to kind of put my, all of my, like the weight of my, my existential kind of weight and my, my, um, the weight of like, you know, uh, because when you put that on another human being, it kind of can crush. It doesn't work. I mean, when you put all of your hopes and all of your stuff on another human being. But um, when I finally met God, it was like, ah, oh, it was such a relief. Like I just like felt like this huge weight lifted off of me because I was like, oh, I can, I can turn to Him and like He can He can handle all of the weight of my the struggles in my life and the trouble and the the hardships and all this stuff. So that that's been like that's been one of the most amazing parts of, of just knowing God and mm -hmm. being in a relationship with him. I always, because I was brought up in a Christian home, I always had a belief in God. I never believed that God wasn't there, but I didn't want to know him. I was like, I wanted to do my own thing. And it almost frustrated me that there would be an afterlife, you know, because I, I, I had some low points in my life where I just would I would want to have just have ceased to exist, um, mm. but that was just a lie of the enemy, you know, to to say yeah. to teach me those things. And um, how old were you when you became a Christian? I, I had I was born again when I was seventeen. Wow. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was pretty silly in my teenage years, unfortunately, and I rejected. Uh, I wanted my own way, and um, many times I, I think I had opportunity when I was younger to um, to to do to follow God. I felt I'm calling. I think every, God calls everybody, um, but I wanted to keep certain things. You know, I just wanted to, you know, like you ever watch Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you know, Gollum, he had that ring, and he never wanted to give it up. So I think for me, I had several rings that kept me back from a walking with God for, for many years mm. and eventually I had to yield this ring of power and uh, re these things that were you know my, keeping my heart away from him and when I finally decided to get rid of those things it's like pulling dentists dentist pulling your teeth out right it's hard to give up these things but sometimes you just have to give all these things up completely in order to receive that new life you know Jesus says that if you want to keep your life as the way it is keep your power, ring of power you'll lose your life eventually but if you give up your life you know give up that ring you'll receive a new life yeah i know amen to that yeah. that's what happened with with me with uh like i remember walking before i walked into this that church the first time in hollywood 10 years ago i remember just mentally putting the idea of homosexuality as my identity in like this box and putting it on a shelf and I remember just like kind of mentally doing that and then, then I walked into the church into the, the auditorium and uh, so like I 
you know, for some reason at that moment, I was willing to just kind of like, okay, maybe this isn't who I am. Maybe this isn't, um, there's a ringing sound now. It's your phone. <laughs> is it, is, can you hear that? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, I, um, I said, you know, maybe, maybe I built my life on a fall. Maybe I, I'm wrong. Like I, you know, I've been a gay man for 20 years. Like, I could be wrong though. It maybe there is a god, and maybe like there's a, maybe if there is a god that this homosexuality is a sin. What if I'm wrong? You know, I don't think I'm wrong, but what if I'm wrong? And what if I built my entire life on a, on this false foundation? Mm-hmm. And that's what I you know that was my ring. And I just you know I just put that on the shelf you know metaphorically and just walked into this church. And that's when everything. That's when God really came. That's when he came in. <laughs> He's like, okay, we're ready to go. So um, I, I hear I hear a lot of people ask in debate rooms, is homosexuality a sin? What does that actually mean, homosexuality is a sin? Um, it just means homosexual behavior. or So engaging in homosexual behavior is sinful. And, um, and what is sin? Sin is missing the mark it's it's um sin is um oh my gosh you're asking me big theological questions sin is missing the mark it's 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 um doing something outside of uh anything that is not that is something that grieves god or grieves the holy spirit is sin um and so you know sin is like murder or um, stealing or, you know, adultery, it's missing the mark. It's missing, um, it's, it's the opposite of righteousness. It's the opposite of, um, of yeah, righteousness, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And so, so um, homosexual behavior is a sin, according to the Bible, um, according to God's word, it's a sin, and it's very clear. You know, it's not, it's not like just the six passages that mention it specifically. It's kind of the, if you read through the whole Bible, and if you read, if you kind of look through the whole s- story of God's r- plan of redemption, you you really see of, of creation and redemption. You really see God, how marriage is. You, it's like God is God wants to protect us and he wants us to flourish as human beings and he originally set up marriage as as this as this covenant between one man and one woman so that they could flourish and and because of the fall because of sin our sexuality is all distorted and and so there's all kinds of different you know problems with our sexuality there's porn addiction and there's all kinds of things um and so, and there's, you know, sex outside of marriage, there's adultery, and, and all of that stuff brings pain, it brings destruction. And, and if, you, if you are in a covenantal relationship with another human being for the rest of your life, then you can be naked spiritually, emotionally, and physically without fear of that person leaving you or rejecting you. And that's that's a picture of Christ and the church. Where the church is called, you know, is called the bride of Christ, and Christ is the groomsman. 
And um, and so that's kind of what marriage is. It's a picture of Christ and the church. And and that's why you know it's it's like if you read through the entire you know all the scriptures, it's just clear that anything outside of that marriage, that covenantal marriage between one man and one woman, it just leads to pain. It leads to um, destruction. It leads to a lot of a lot of problems and. Um, and so, so anyway, that's that's why um, it's clear to me. I mean, you know, it's I, I don't know how much clearer it could get in scripture, mm-hmm. but it's clear that homosexual practice is a sin. I mean, Paul talks about it several times, and so do other people. But um, so yeah, that's. So I, I watched one of your, your videos on YouTube, and you says because when you were when you were gay man. You felt that you just you were the the last person who could become Christian, right? Or you felt like it was just like the opposite of what who you were. Yeah, I felt like Christians were the enemy because I felt like they believe they they thought who I was was wrong, mm-hmm. and so I always resented Christians or felt alienated from Christians. Is that you think that's the the Christians' fault then because they're not treating you with, with the love that you no. deserve? No, 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 no. Because my family loved me. My family loved me. You know, they loved me extremely well. And, um, but because they believed in the biblical view of of sexuality, the historical biblical view of sexuality, it's I felt alienated from them just because mm-hmm. they didn't approve of what I was doing. And and they never said it explicitly. It's just that I I knew that they didn't approve of my life because mm-hmm. I was a gay man. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with the way they treated me because they treated me super well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was my, it was my issue really. It wasn't theirs. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's, uh, it must be hard to talk about this stuff, man. I mean, like I wouldn't like people talking to me like, Oh, he was a gamer. And and then he became a Christian, like. But it's it's like, if it's a bigger issue, it seems to be a bigger issue. But it's really it's it's all the same issue. We were, we were sinners before we came to Christ, and now we're not sinners, you know. Well, I just I in my book I I do a chapter on the rich young man, the rich young ruler, which is a is a story in in the Gospels about a rich man. He comes up to Jesus and he says, you know, good teacher, how can I, how can I inherit eternal life and Jesus has this conversation with him and at the end of the conversation Jesus says go sell all of your possessions go sell everything you have and come follow me mm-hmm. and the man turns away and walks away because it says he had great possessions so i think it's that's that's the picture of that's the deal breaker for so for that man the deal breaker was money and for other people, the deal breaker is game gaming or gamers or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. Oh, for me, this for a lot of people in the LGBT community, it's like that's the that's the that's the deal breaker, and um, and it's just to now obviously as a Christian, someone who's been redeemed and kind of brought in from darkness into light. Mm-hmm. Now that I see that and understand that, I'm like. 
oh my gosh, like, you know, to give up that is, is, it's so, it's so worth it to give, give up everything for Jesus because you gain everything. You gain eternal life. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I try, it's a no brainer now. Yeah. <laughs> but I try to, to explain that to people like, don't let this one thing, and I know, you know, I know it's a hard thing and I know it's a powerful thing in your life, but don't let this one thing stop you from coming to Christ. You know, it's like, do you want just like this like kind of temporary satisfaction in this life for like a few years, or do you want eternal life with the king of the the creator of the universe? Like yeah. do you want do you want that? Like that's the most important thing in the world. So going forward in the future, do you think that you're going to, now that you've written the book and stuff like that, and you've done a lot of interviews, do you think you'll be focusing on the future and who Beckett Cook is, you know, devoid of this past, or do you think you'll still keep um, sharing the testimony of how you were delivered from that, that lifestyle? Yeah, no, I think, I think with the book, you know, coming out, the book, you know, I, it's. I think I'm gonna be kind of moving into full time ministry from because I've been a production designer for many years and I'm I'm leaving that behind and and I um and I am gonna be basically you know speaking at churches and I I'm already speaking at a bunch of churches coming up and. So I'm going to be just kind of speaking at churches and about this issue, speaking at universities mm -hmm. and um, helping people, helping mostly Christians and really helping the church understand this issue biblically, theologically, culturally, and from someone who's been on both sides of it and who's, you know, I've been there, I've done that, you yeah. know, but God didn't redeem me. And so I, um, that's really kind of the focus. I think that's where God is leading me and that's kind of what I'm going to be doing for as far as I can tell, the rest of my life. Uh, so, and just being, in general, in general, just being an evangelist, because I, I love, my favorite thing in life is to evangelize. I just love telling people the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the most fun. I mean, I, I'll i go to just like, you know, grocery store. I don't know what you call them in England. Mark, what do you call grocery stores in England? Where they sell food. Are <laughs> oh, you asking me? Yeah, what do you call it? What do you call them? Markets or what do you? What do you call I, I thought you said you asked. You're talking to Mark. They asked, "Who's Mark?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what do we call their markets here? Yeah, like when you go to the store to buy food, what do you call? All right, the so store? if we if we if, if we say uh, supermarket, if we say market, we think of the cold and the rain outside on somebody selling bananas and oranges on the street. Oh, I see. But you so so supermarket is the term. Um. Yes, yeah, supermarket. Yeah, for a big yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if I go to the supermarket or anywhere, I just like I'll talk to people in, in line. You know, the checkout, the person who's checking the checkout person. I'll just be like, "Hey, do you know Jesus Christ?" <laughs> and Damn, they're like, "What?" Uh, but I just like it's my favorite thing to do because I'm in Hollywood, a bit more man, I need to get that passion in LA, again. In LA, people don't. I, co I come that. to LA with my friend Warren Furman, who you need to listen to that podcast episode. He was a gladiator episode. Oh wow! Yeah, listen to that episode. That guy's. Yeah, I'm going to do some more more videos with him. 
Yeah, it's so it's fun in LA to to talk to people because they don't expect it, and um, it's my favorite thing. So I I feel like God is just calling me into this you know ministry of evangelism and and speaking at churches and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see what God may, does. May the good Lord bless you in his, in your work and protect you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That's my first prayer I ever done in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, thank you for having me on. It's been a real honor, Beckett. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Have have a wonderful weekend. And, and when I come to London, I definitely will. Um, yeah, you live in London, right? Yeah, I live in, I live in yeah. London, I live in Vienna, I live in Scotland. I go around okay. a bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely... Um, hit you up when I come out, come out there. Good stuff. Thanks so much. All right. Okay. Thank you, Beckett Cook. Oh. And yep. On you go. Have a lovely weekend. Great. Great. And, and you too, Beckett. Okay. Thank you, my listener, for uh, another unique episode of Influencers Cafe. And on the show coming up, we're going to have some more fascinating people Um, from all walks of life as usual my friends and uh, influencers actors, directors um, other smart people businessmen etc etc and uh, and if you have any feedback please leave it on iTunes for a 5 star review and uh, we'll just see where uh, this podcast goes thanks so much for your time, bye bye